and welcome to Country with Celine. I am your host, Celine Chmarkey, and on today's show, we welcome artist Augusta Ray. You hurt my heart, don't want to see your face. My girls told me what you did the other day. I'm just a little sick and tired of all your games. I'm done. Gonna show you what it means when a girl says I'm no way. It's okay, dogs are the best, they always keep you company. <laughs> it's so true. How was yours? Did you have a good day? Yeah, you know, COVID, lockdown, can't really do much except like walk around. But it was, it was, yeah. it was nice, yeah. Um, okay, what I really love to know right off um, hand is what made you decide to pursue a career in music? Well... Music was always around, like, my family growing up. My dad was a guitarist growing up. He played in a whole bunch of bands in Toronto. He was kind of like the hired, the, the local hired gun. Whenever somebody needed a guitar player, they'd call him up. And um, I was born and basically ruined his career. And, <laughs> um, you know, he, he, had, he, had, he, had, he didn't think that he would have a kid interested in music. So, like, when I was born, he sold all of his music equipment. And then, lo and behold, I ended up, having an interest in music and I started studying classical music and musical theater when I when I was like a baby like when I was 10 years old I was singing these opera arias in Italian and these huge pieces that have been around for hundreds of years and um oh when I was 12 years old I got the opportunity to sing at Carnegie Hall in New York City so by the time I was 13 I sang uh you know one of the most historic music venues in you know, the world by the time I was 12, which was ridiculous. And um, then one day I picked up a guitar and I was like, I don't want to sing these old pieces of music anymore. Um, I want to write my own music. And um, yeah, when I was around 13, I started writing music and went to Nashville for the first time and the rest is history. <laughs> went to Nashville for the first time and it's all said and done. That's amazing. You well, were really pardoned? What really happened was I went to um, like one of the malls in Nashville and it was a really nice mall. And that was when I knew that I wanted to move there because the mall was just so nice. That's adorable. Oh my gosh. And they got good deals too down in the States. It's like win-win. <laughs> That's amazing that you were surrounded by music um, for your whole childhood. And I was going to say your voice is really unique so who did you idolize growing up what was their specific um artist that you really looked up to yeah like when I was younger like my mom was definitely the country girl and my dad listened to like going through his record collection was like a lot of rock artists so I grew up listening from everything to like Creedence Clearwater Revival to Janis Joplin to Jimi Hendrix to my mom who loved Shania Twain and John Denver and a lot of the older country artists you know and um, I, I think having that mix of the country and the rock kind of shaped, you know, the way I am on stage and the way I record my music and the way I ultimately write my music. So, yeah, definitely a lot of country, a lot of rock influence. 
Yeah, a lot of uh, influence from it's amazing how like you can listen to so many different artists and then if you want to pursue a career in music it's like all those influences that you like took in when you were younger it just comes out of you subconsciously yeah exactly it's so it's so neat um and you toured okay going forward now you toured with Brett Kessel I saw that and I first of all I thought that was crazy that's so sick um but so what is that tour like because like I would never know what a tour life is like on the road so how did you enjoy that oh it was ridiculous it was awesome um I hopped on a tour in um in North Bay um so it was weird it's like it's like his management was like we know you're from Toronto but here come sing with him in North Bay so I did travel all the way to North Bay and um which was awesome great great energy from the crowd for sure but um you know it's cool because seeing Brett on Instagram and seeing him, you know, his YouTube videos, like, I, I was a fan of his family, first and foremost, like, I love his wife, Cecilia, and his three little kids, so, like, seeing her backstage with the babies was just, like, so sweet, and seeing him as a dad, first and foremost, but being able to, you know, hang out with the boys, and rehearse, and do sound check, and whatever, like, seeing him, you know, be the dad, and be the rock star at the same time was really amazing for me, because I think that's what a lot of people don't get from Brett on social media, and what people don't understand but yeah no it was super cool it was really really awesome that's a really cool experience and I'm sure you're gonna have plenty of those experiences uh, continuing even maybe not 2021 because of COVID but who knows 2022 23 I think we're all just in limbo right now we're just waiting for something to happen but you know what it's a good time to develop and work on new stuff and you know as you were mentioning prior to the interview here um you write a lot of your music now on zoom because you can't have any sessions when you actually go into the studio anymore so how was that like you know what at first it was a little a little weird for me i'm not you know even though i'm a 90s kid and people think like oh you, you were born knowing technology it's like i'm i'm a very old school person like even when i write my music i literally write with a pen and like a piece of paper because I don't want to erase anything in case anything's good and I can go back to it later. So like writing on Zoom, like I prefer to be in an actual room with somebody and you know, it's, it's hard when you have an idea and it's, and there's either feedback or something or the connection's bad and you're trying to explain an idea and they're like, what did you just say? Or, um, but no, it's definitely, I mean, this is the times we're in, right? I mean, I'm trying to, we're all trying to learn and you know, it's a, it's a good time to learn new things this year in 2020 as well. So, you know, at this point, I mean, why not? Yeah, you just learn to adapt to it as well. Exactly. That too. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I like how you can change the backgrounds and uh, writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, co-writing with other people because if you don't have the premium account on Zoom, plug, plug and you're writing with like three people, they kick you off of a session, like in 45 minutes. So I'm always sure to write with somebody that is willing to pay for the premium account because God knows I will not pay for the premium account. It's funny because before like COVID happened, I swear I don't even, I've never even heard of Zoom like before COVID. It's just like a COVID thing that happened. And in the beginning, there wasn't a time limit. I don't think in the beginning there was. It's like, over the extended period of time when everyone kept going on it and using it, it's like, oh, gonna charge now, gonna make some more money off of this, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you traveled back and forth because you have a home in Nashville as well, correct? I did. I was living in Nashville. I'd been living for Na um, living in Nashville for about seven years. And then just this past year, I guess it would have been two years ago, I actually uh, signed a contract with Carnival Cruise Line. So I was working as a musician um, with Carnival Cruise Lines performing on their ship. So I was stuck in the Gulf of Mexico for three months performing, which wasn't a bad thing, but I did, I, I, uh, I, uh, got, I sold my home in Nashville to uh, uh, pursue that a little bit, just to kind of explore and, you know, experience new things. But of course I'm missing it now and the cruise industry is non-existent. So as soon as the border opens, you can bet I'll be back down south, but. <laughs> Oh, that's so neat. You performed on cruises for three months? Yeah, so I was away from my dog and my family for three months. And uh, yeah, it was quite an experience to say the least. But you know what? I came back with friends from all over the world. And my contract would have been longer, but they sent me home because of COVID. And you know what? If, I, if they didn't send me home when they did, like the day... The day I got home, like my, my plane landed in Toronto and everything, like, you know, you're on a cruise ship, you don't know how bad things are, this pandemic, right? Because mm -hmm. your internet's crappy, you don't know if what people are saying are true. So when I got off the plane and I landed at Pearson, one of the busiest airports in the entire world, and not a soul was in there, but my brother that came to pick me up, I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is really bad. And that's what I knew, you know? Yeah, it got yeah. bad. And I remember hearing stories about like cruise ships that weren't allowed to dock anywhere because of COVID cases on it. So thank God you came back when you did, or else you would have been stuck out there probably for another two months, maybe. Yeah, yeah and I had friends that um, were stuck on cruise ships for like three months because they weren't allowed to dock and everything, and a whole bunch of Canadian friends even. So I made it literally by a day. So I got, I got pretty lucky. I would have, yeah. Yeah, God was on your side on that one. He let you come. <laughs> Um, now you released an EP back in 2015 and a couple singles in 2019. One in particular was Fall in Love and Get Tattoos. <laughs> Explain to me, how did that one come to mind? Um, so I got a couple really ugly tattoos in Mexico and I decided to write a song about it. Um, partially. during CMA Fest, a friend of mine, Heather Little, who wrote Gunpowder and Lead from Miranda Lambert, and me and Charlie talking from Miranda Lambert, a whole bunch of, a uh, whole bunch of Miranda songs, a whole bunch of other songs for, you know, country music artists. She's, she's a great friend of mine, and she just came over to my little apartment in Nashville, and we were talking about how we'd both gotten new tattoos at the time. I got this 30 minutes before going on stage at CMA Fest, 
and I went on stage and my arm was wrapped up and my manager was really mad at me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, she came over after I got that tattoo and I showed her and she's like, ooh, that's fresh. Like that looks nasty. And uh, we do, we're just kind of comparing tattoos and the stories behind them. And we just got to talk and, and over a couple pots of coffee, we were just like, you know what, let's talk about, you know, how relationships can inspire tattoos. And it just kind of came out. I like it. I really do. And that song is a straight banger, <laughs> to say the least. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, are you working on any more singles for this year? Yeah. yeah I mean, to be completely honest with you, 2020 was not a productive year. Um, <laughs> like, after performing for four hours every night on a cruise ship for three months, I came home and I slept and it was amazing and I was not productive and it was just music was still all around me I had tons of ideas in my phone but to pick up a guitar and to literally it's easy to have thoughts but to literally organize your thoughts that's a whole other thing and I was not motivated to organize my thoughts this year however definitely more motivated tons of songs are in the works um, I have a single um, that I'm looking to um, get organized, if you will, and to get back into the studio once, you know, COVID calms down to, I just want to find a way to do it safe and to get all the musicians I want on it and things like that. Um, so this year, definitely, for sure, there'll be some new music for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, but I mean, fresh out of COVID. <laughs> yeah, fresh. It's okay. 2020 is was kind of a write-off of a year. Like, we learned from 2020 and 2021. That's when we're going to throw everything into full speed and just go with it, you know? You got it. Yeah. yeah. And now, uh, going back. Okay, you accomplished quite a bit. Like, a lot, to say the least. I mean, and you <laughs> performed at Summerfest, which is one of the world's largest music festivals, um, and you got invited back for a second year in a row, and you performed among acts like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Cool in the Gang, Paul freaking McCartney, okay, and Def Leppard. But they still made me pay for tickets to see Paul McCartney, which I totally don't get. Like, that's just rude. I was very upset. You're an artist. <laughs> they asked you to perform, and they make you pay. You need to pay. <laughs> Oh my god, that's too funny. I did not know about that. But how was that experience? Like, that's like kind of surreal, like to think about that. Like you performed, like, like, explain that, please. It was, it was crazy. So for that, my first performance at Summerfest, I opened up for Cam. Um, you know, the girl that sings Burning House, Curly, <laughs> Curly Hair. Of course hair. I do, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I opened up for Cam my first year there, and um, it's pretty cool when you're doing soundcheck and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are soundchecking right next to you. So it's uh, it's super cool. So Summerfest is like, I think they had, the year I was there, I think they had like 14 different stages, um, you know, different artists on each stage, and it's pretty amazing how like, you can be listening to one artist and not hear the other artist. Like the music doesn't, you know, conflict and everything like that's super cool. Um, they have one stage, it's like the Harley Davidson stage. So there's like motorcycles hanging everywhere. El King played, played there. I was, I was going to ditch my set and go see El King because I love El King. My dad left my, in the middle of my performance to go see Cool in the Gang. So it's like, it's one of those things where <laughs> you just kind of want to check out all the music you can. But uh, yeah, no, Summerfest is an amazing 
it was an amazing experience to, you know, be in the same, you know, area with artists I've looked up to my whole life is pretty awesome. And now something notable to mention is you've also performed at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Now that's like a holy grail to a lot of country artists because so many famous artists have performed there before they actually got a big break. Like how special was that to you? I cried a lot. <laughs> I cried a lot. I actually, um, I performed the same night as, um, actually got to, I guess I technically opened for him. I opened for JT Harding, who wrote songs like Sangria for Blake Shelton and Come Over for Kenny Chesney and uh, Smile by Uncle Cracker. And he was just there doing his thing and uh, uh, came up to talk to me after. And uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, how long have you been in Nashville for? You know, you're not bad for a little five to three chick. And I said to him, I'm like, you know, I've been here for seven years. And he's like, it's a 10 year town, only a few more years and you'll make it. <laughs> and I died. <laughs> so close. You're so close. <laughs> but then you ended up leaving your home in Nashville. I don't know. I have to start all over again. Our friend, you <laughs> got until like 45. But yeah, no, it was like, it's a seven year town, only a few more years. But um, it was funny because a few months before that Bluebird performance, I met JT Harding at um, the Country Music Awards of Ontario when they were in, where were they? They were in Ottawa. So it was cool to have another, I think he's from Detroit originally, but to have someone from so close to home kind of in Music City to like play the show with them was kind of cool. So you don't get, you get a lot of Canadians, but um, you know, closest thing to, you know, Toronto for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So just out of curiosity, who have you met that is like, oh my god like to you like a luke bryan or like did you actually get to meet like paul mccartney sorry just going back here did you get to meet any of them or no no none uh other than cam i got to hang out with cam's band backstage that was really cool cam and her band no everybody else was under pretty tight security and some people were there like on the property but they weren't performing till like the day after me it was like a three-day festival or something so no i did not meet paul mccartney if I did, you would definitely hear about it. It would be all over my website and I would just create an Instagram account dedicated to how I met Paul McCartney that one time because I would have lost That's my so cool. You know, see, I would have thought for sure artists who are performing at the same festival would at least get to mingle, like in the backstage with like the bigger artists who are doing, um, like they're who are basically headlining it, right? I thought yeah. for sure. That's yeah. kind of bummy. It's kind of, it was kind of, yeah, it wasn't, cra it wasn't crappy because I mean a lot of people, those people like have intense security as well, but um, I got to play a show with Big and Rich and Trace Atkins and they were pretty friendly and cool. They didn't let me on their tour bus, but other than that, they were really cool. Um, Michael Ray, meeting him was awesome. And uh, most recently Tim Hicks, which was super cool. Little Canadian pride, so. Tim Hicks, gotta love him. He's great. He always gets you amped for hockey games. Hearing yes. <laughs> um, and now before I let you go, um, you're a huge uh, mental health advocate. And I know in times like these, everyone is suffering with mental health. So what's something that you would love to share to people who are going through a tough time right now? Um, you know, there's a lot I could say. Um, 
you know, diet culture is something super, super, you know, disheartening for me. Like when people post that they've gained weight and they're upset about it, like it really, it breaks my heart. Like, I mean, the quarantine 15, you know, everybody's eating chips and sitting on their couch. Like what else are you going to do? But you know what? It's, it's okay. Like, I mean, you're one day away from getting back on track. You're one day away from, you know, being the next better version of yourself. Just because you gained that quarantine 15 doesn't, it doesn't determine your worth, you know? So, um, I mean, so as someone who, at, who has overcome anorexia bulimia, it's kind of like super annoying to see that, you know, diet culture is a thing. Like, try this new diet, try this new skinny tea, try this, try that, you know? But how about we just eat and be happy, you know? Like, work out when you feel like working out. Don't work out to burn the calories. Work out because you feel like moving, you know? So I think just, just kind of, just, just hang in there, you know? Just, you know what your body needs. If you want the cookie, eat the darn cookie. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Don't tell your friend I ate a cookie. I feel bad about it. You know what? Eat the cookie. And that's it. <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> eat the cookie. Yeah. I know 2020, it's been hard for like everyone too. And I mean, yeah, okay, you gain 10 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever it may be. Like, it's not a, really a big deal. Like, it's, you can shed that whenever you feel like it. Go right ahead. Like, it's not a big deal. Every day is a fresh start as well, right? So if you want that cookie today, eat the freaking cookie. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Especially as, especially as Italian girls, we need the biscotti, you know? Like I love how you knew I was Italian, girl. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but thank you so much for joining me today on Country with Celine. Uh, it was such a pleasure chatting with you and I'm looking forward to chatting with you again and I can't wait to hear more music to come. Uh, so nice meeting you. No one.